This podcast may contain adult language and adult themes. On the other hand, it may not. Sort of a podcast lucky dip. Welcome to the Happy Oxygen Podcast. My name is Simon Nichols and I am a dog walker. A dog walk for me is just over 25 minutes. I needed a podcast that was perfect for dog walks or anything else you do in 26 minutes. This is it. The Happy Oxygen Podcast is here to make you smile, laugh or feel a bit happier about yourself. Each episode will feature a special guest who will be asked why laughter and happiness has helped them on their journey through life and how that drives their positivity. This week, my guest is Sue Garner. Sue is an award-winning trainer has a wealth of expertise in creating and delivering training solutions and programs to help other trainers. She also develops excellence in individuals and teams through coaching and online workshops. She blends her business experience, training background, NLP skills, and a dash of humor to deliver engaging training that achieves amazing results. In her spare time, she's passionate about supporting young people and communities through her school governor and town councillor roles. She loves reading, spending time with her family, and in the very short amount of time she has left, also looks after her cats and bunnies. Please enjoy your dog walk or other associated podcast listening activity. Sue Garner, welcome to Happy Oxygen. Good morning. Good morning, Simon. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's our absolute pleasure. We're going to go straight in, Sue, straight in. Can you describe how you're feeling today? But I'd like you to use an internal weather system. Oh, great question. Gosh, I've never been asked that question before, Simon. So it's always good to experience something new. I think for me today, it's probably about feeling spring-like. I know we are in spring anyway, but more the part of spring as we're moving into April and towards May. Actually, the days are getting longer. The days are getting lighter. Actually, we're getting encouraged to be out. And I want to be out longer then because we've got the beautiful lights and also listening to the birds and just the other lovely sounds that are associated with spring. So I I guess I'm feeling very spring-like, but with some warmth peppered in there just for good measure. Peppered warmth. I love that. Sue, what makes you laugh the most? Oh, gosh. It can be lots of things. It can be sarcastic, stupid remarks from my teenage daughters. It can be silly things like watching comedy. And I know you're a fan, Simon, of visual comedy. And again, I think there's probably a childlike element in all of us when we see someone fall over or hit something or miss the mark when they were, you know, jumping. And actually that makes me laugh in a very childish, (laughs) enjoyable way. And also I think it also makes me laugh when actually you're just sharing a chat with friends, chewing the fat, really talking about putting the world to rights. We're actually covering all sorts of silly ground that probably mean nothing to anybody else. But it's just that fun element of having that time to do that and enjoying that company. It's very important, isn't it, to feed off other people's positivity as well and feed off other people's laughter. And I quite often, we we talk about laughter being infectious, don't we, and how it actually can trigger another thought process in in ourselves as well. And you mentioned the fun element of of watching those uh, those programmes. So what do you do to go and find fun? Gosh, as you said in the intro, actually, I don't have a lot of spare time, I guess. But bizarrely, not having that spare time is actually fun to me. So the work I do 
with the voluntary work with schools. I'm very passionate about supporting schools, supporting young people. So I have two governor roles, not one, (laughs) two governor roles, and also the town council role. But to me, that is actually fun. It's about putting a different hat on. It's about feeding off other people, interacting in a very different way, and also listening to others and enjoying their opinions. It's not always straightforward. We might have differences of opinion, but perversely, I find that quite fun. It's great when we have differences of opinion and we can voice that. And it just, again, shows me the the power of talking with and spending time with different people. When you talk about different people, who inspires you? Do you have a particular set of people or is it so do, do you get inspiration from elsewhere? Yeah, good question. I think if you were asking me about who inspired me as a child, and maybe this is why I'm so passionate about education now, um, I think everybody has probably always got a story about a favourite teacher. And to me, there was one teacher who didn't inspire me, who didn't necessarily behave in the right way, and used to take quite delight in upsetting certain children and calling them out in front of others. And I was one of those children. But conversely, there was a French teacher And it wasn't really about his teaching. It was about the fact he had time for everybody. And he noticed things about you that he didn't need to notice as a teacher. And he took the time to be supportive. So I think as a child, definitely that teacher role model was really inspirational to me. And then as I've grown up and and worked with lots of people, I think for me, the inspiration comes from just really brainstorming and making sure that I take the time to actually talk with other people rather than just general people that we know we're friends with. Yeah, that can absolutely be inspiring because it's like-minded, but it can also be really inspiring talking to someone completely different field. It doesn't matter whether they are employed, self-employed or whether actually maybe they stay at home. I find actually the inspiration in just getting ideas from other people and it sparks different ideas, doesn't it? It does. And uh, as I say, inspiration comes in in many forms. And I love that you went back to the teaching element as well. We've had a few people talk about teachers that have had an impact on them. But equally, as you mentioned there, the, the teacher that didn't have, or actually, it may have had even more of an impact because later on now, as you say, now in life, you're, you're passionate about giving back that time that maybe you didn't get from that that particular teacher in the first place. And I think that's so important to give, giving people time. What makes you laugh the most? Oh, gosh. What makes me laugh the most? It's a tricky question, actually, because I think sometimes we can go through our day-to-day life and get everything done and feel comfortable and feel happy, but actually realise we haven't laughed at all <laughs> that day. So I think for me it's always a challenge because if I'm – focused and I know I have a lot on actually my focus is let's get everything done let's get through the day let's look after family and the priority isn't really about me laughing having that enjoyment so I think it's a really interesting question Simon for me what would make me laugh is even simple things I might walk down the road and I remember years ago when we lived in a different house on a different road the neighbors used to call me the cat lady because I I seem to be the kind of person that I have an affinity with weird, strange cats. And I can walk along the road 
and any type of cat will suddenly appear and start coming up next to me, trying to be against my leg, purring, wanting to see me. So that kind of thing makes me laugh because actually it's maybe a scruffy cat, a stray, or as somebody even once said to me, the ugly cats are attracted to you. And actually that kind of idea of that happening and also it happening in reality is one of the things that does make me laugh. I've got this vision now of you, <laughs> of you being the sort of the Pied Piper of, of, of Ham, Pied Piper of Hamblin, isn't it? Pied Piper with these all these cats trailing yeah. after you and uh, mewing at you for bits of cheese and, and so like. Over here at Thrive, we have something that we call our virtual happy jar. And our virtual happy jar transcends space and time. You can put anything you like in our happy jar. The only thing that is boundless is the fact that it needs to bring you joy. It needs to bring you happiness. But also maybe if someone else opens the happy jar, what would they feel from it? So I once tried, well, I did successfully as uh, on the first podcast, put a blue whale in my in the happy jar. One of our previous guests has also put a jumbo jet in the happy jar for various different reasons what would you like to put in our happy jar and why oh gosh really difficult questions today simon (laughs) and challenging my thinking gosh what would i like to put in the happy jar and why maybe and, and in very simple terms actually maybe i'd just like to put a book in there but a book that part of it is written and has some information And people can really maybe lose themselves in that information and that story, or they could use that to better themselves. But maybe bizarrely, the second half of the book is blank, because I do think there's something really helpful and useful for me anyway, around actually being able to change your story, rewrite your story, look at where you are. If you're not happy with how things are, then actually we can change that. We don't have to have the story that was laid out for us. So maybe that is also helpful to other people to recognise that. And often when I'm mentoring other people and coaching people, I often will say to them, what's the worst that could happen (laughs) if you actually change something? And yeah, if the worst that can happen is the risk of death, okay, maybe let's not go there. But if the worst that can happen is actually... Maybe things change and they might change for the better or they may not change for the better. We don't know. But remember that we can always change that again. Then why wouldn't we do that? What a perfect uh, analogy on life that is. Have, have you seen Matilda, the musical, the Tim Minchin version? Yes. My favourite song in there is When We Were Young and they were on the swings and stuff. But there's also the the moment that Matilda says... If you don't like it, we can change our story. Mm. And that how, as a young girl and the awesome role doll, she actually, she, she didn't like what was happening. She changed it. And I think that's so important for to help other people change their lives if they're not happy in the one they're in at the moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love Matilda. <laughs> we, we talked about things that make you laugh. Do you have a favourite fun scene in a film or a favourite fun seen in a comedy program i guess for me it links back to memories as it so often does with people you probably don't know this but i'm a massive fan of musicals and i love musicals and i also then love watching those musicals on film rather than just theater and 
this isn't such an old one, but it's about the memories and how it makes me feel every time I watch it, is the original Mamma Mia film when that was first released. Because apart from I can sing along and I know all the words, (laughs) apart from I actually think it's got great comedy in places as well. I remember when that came out and we used to have a, a mobile home in the south, right near the beach. And my daughters were a lot younger then. And I remember it was the, I think it was the six weeks holiday. So my husband was still at home working for part of it. And then he used to join us when he could. And I remember that there was a couple of nights where the weather was awful. It was August, but it was awful. It was raining. It was horrible. And we'd got this DVD with us of Mamma Mia. And we just put the DVD on and we literally were jumping on the settee. We were jumping on the tables. We were singing at the tops of our voices all the way through for something like an hour and a half or two hours, whatever that film is. But the whole two weeks that we were there, we probably played it about six times and sang to it every single time. And even when I see it on the TV now and think, oh, that's on, I'll put it on and I'll start singing. Because I just think great memories, but also I think a great film is one that can make you feel good in the moment as well, which is what that does for me. I can still recall, (laughs) I can still recall. How they got croissants to rhyme in that song is just beyond me. So here's something maybe you didn't know about. Sorry, I was just going to say, and and also Pierce Brosnan was not bad. So there's another good reason for watching that. Pierce Brosnan, was it Colin Colin Firth and Bill Skeds? I can't remember. His, I can never pronounce his last name. All very easy on the eye. I, I totally agree with you there. As I say, something you might not know about me is I totally adore Mamma Mia. I've been to see the stage show twice, I think, and it's you're right. It's one of those films you just put it on and you lose yourself. And I and I even love Mamma Mia, which a few people have gone the purists shares ruined it, and I'm like no, because it's still the essence of of good times of family and of supporting each other. So I am totally with you on <laughs> Mamma Mia. Thank you. So I'd like to take you back now and not too long ago to your 15 year old self. You've got the ability to time travel and you can go into the toilet cubicle that your 15 year old self is going to visit next. And on the back of the toilet door, because we all know how important the back of the toilet door is, people read this stuff. What guidance, advice, hints and tips would you give with your experience and knowledge now to your 15 year old self? Yeah, good question. There could be a few, couldn't there? I think for me, for lots of different reasons, potentially something like just keep going which may not sound massively inspirational when you think of it on the surface, but probably like a lot of other teenagers and also as we go through life, for me, there was quite a lot of challenges. So actually, if always I can remember to just keep going, just keep moving forward, knowing that I can get past everything I need to get past and actually achieve what I want to achieve, or if I don't achieve it, which is absolutely okay, I know that I can still keep going on something else. 
All that was going through my head was Dory then out of Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming. I know. I know. I I didn't want to say, I know. And I didn't want to say the Just Keep Swimming because actually at 15, I wouldn't have known the Just Keep Swimming. But it is that. It is that premise, really. Just keep going. That's that's (laughs) awesome. And I imagine there's there's now an alternative universe where your 15-year-old saw that and has just kept on going. And that hopefully there was as successful in life as, as you are. What do you do? to make other people happy? I think it's probably very similar to what makes me happy. I I like to think that I make other people happy by having time for them, supporting them. That's probably no surprise based on what I do now. But actually, even sometimes it's just listening to someone and that can really make them happy. That you're listening. And I think actually listening without judgment, which can be really difficult sometimes. So actually listening without judgment, but doing that in a way that you can support, even if you don't agree with where they're at, what they're talking about. So for me, I think it's all about the listening, the support, the mentoring of others. And hopefully that makes them happy or at least gives them a bit more clarity or confidence in terms of what they want to do, what they were talking about, what they're wrestling with. And that's brilliant. And making that, giving that someone confidence, I think is so important because confidence and self-esteem actually help to, to bring that happiness around. Changing tack a little bit slightly here. What makes you happy cry? Oh, gosh, I am quite soppy. And again, people who know me won't say that I am soppy, actually, because <laughs> I used to say to people, I'm really easygoing. And then my friends would go, no, you're not, actually. You think you're easygoing, but you're not. So I I guess by saying feeling soppy in films, I think that's linked to that there's often a theory that when you've had children, and I don't know if this is true, but when you've had children, you cry a lot more at films, certain things in the news, just because obviously it's that, that different sensitivity for me I've absolutely found that to be true and actually that does make my kids and my husband crease up laughing and I can even be watching something silly x factor or whatever and all of a sudden I start crying because either it's the story or more than likely it's just their performance and I think the performance is so amazing I'm crying and I've got the three of them in the lounge absolutely corpsed with laughter like why are you crying mum this is a happy program but that's the beauty of happy crying, isn't it? Is that it actually, we're, we're still feeling that emotional connection, that empathy with someone, but we're doing it out of a place of happiness. And we, we, we have various different reasons why we cry. And I think it's so refreshing to hear someone like yourself admit freely to having that happy cry, because I do the same as well. I get, there's a lot of dust in my lounge whenever a a heartbreaking story or a feat of endurance has been overcome. And my wife Kelly and I are frequently seen to be quite a bit dusty in our eyes and that we'll look at each other and and just smile at each other knowing that we're both happy crying. Yes, definitely. And and I think it's good to release that emotion as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah. An emotion is sent to us to to have it changed. Even if we're really happy, we can't sustain that forever. And so we have to we have to change it. We don't have to go completely sad, but we do have to think about what our next state of, of mind is going to be. 
I'm going to change now and talk about happy songs. Now, with you as a musical lover like myself, because we didn't even get on about Sunshine on Leith or any of the other incredible music. I tell you what, we're going to have a music musical special in a few months' time. <laughs> happy songs. My happy song, my go-to happy song, is a song called Hoppy Polar by Sigaros. And they're an Icelandic group. Mm. And it just, I, I hear it and it's so uplifting. I've got a few others. One, one by Smith and Burroughs is another. But uh, what's your happy song, if you can choose just one? And where does it take you? Yeah, if I can choose just one, that, that's interesting, isn't it? I have a few. And so that's why it's quite tricky to just think of one. The obvious ones, but this isn't my top one, is I Will Survive because it very much resonated with me as a teenager and, and then moving up through that as well. I love Queen. I love a lot of the Queen songs. I don't know if you're a fan, Simon, with Queen. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm nodding furiously, which doesn't work well on a podcast. <laughs> but yes, I'm a massive Queen fan. And the title escapes me. I'm trying to think now. What was their, one of their biggest hits? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. I could start interrupting and just throwing Queen songs at you. Uh, Killer Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, no, Flash. No. <laughs> My, my we, we'd be here all day. I can't think of the title, and it's, it's you, you hum it, I'll sing it. It's silly to say it when whenever I hear this song, it's brilliant, and I love the song. And now I can't think of the title. Bicycle, no, no. I want to ride my bicycle. <laughs> Don't stop me now. I knew I'd get there. Don't stop yes, me now. I'm having such a there. good time. Yes. So I, I love that for lots of reasons, but also. Years ago, I started to introduce music to training sessions, just as adding another element, another layer. And often I would use that kind of song, particularly if the team were maybe working on a really tricky task or I was getting them to really try and challenge themselves in terms of their thinking. So I love songs that, that sort of have the deeper message as well that you can use in different ways. But I love the Don't Stop Me Now because I just think... The whole tune is cheery. The whole thing is uplifting. It's really easy to sing along to, even if you've got a bad voice. But equally, I think for me, it's that message of a bit like the the sort of just keep going. Actually, it's that message of we're having a good time. Let's not stop. Let's keep pushing through. And actually, I always end up with a smile on my face when that song is finished. The problem I've got now, Sue, is because... We all, we all, and you and I have spoken about this a lot, about thoughts and how they influence our feelings and our behaviours. So as soon as you said, don't stop me now, and I started singing it, my immediate thought went to Shaun of the Dead, which is the Simon Pegg film, where they're in the, they're in the, they're in the Lancaster, the Winchester, and the jukebox comes on and they're basically beating up zombies. And that's all I've got running around my head now is Don't Stop Me Now, Simon Pegg, Shaun of the Dead, Beating Up Zombies. Thank you so much for, for cheering up my morning. So I'm afraid we've come to the last question. And I know for a fact, because we have spoken about this before, that you are a fellow bod aficionado, i.e. you are of, a, of an age that, that you at least you've been able to Google bod previously. And... I know we talked about Farmer Barlimo and Aunt Flo, PC Plod, and of course the wonderful Bod. So you'll know already that Alberto the Frog demanded a milkshake every episode. Here at Happy Oxygen, we like to uh, we like to end on that happy milkshake note. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> Sue Garner Training, what is your favourite milkshake? Okay, you may not know this, Simon, but actually I am dairy free. 
So <laughs> I haven't had a milkshake for a good 10 years or more. And I only like almond milk. And actually, milkshakes are not the same without being made with the proper ingredients, shall we say. But for all of those of you who were born in the same era as me, so you can work out my age now, my most favourite milkshake back then as a kid was the, the very cheap, very convenient, very easy, Nesquik, make your own. And I used to love the chocolate Nesquik milkshakes. I would have at least one a day, nice long straw, slurp it noisily and absolutely loved it. <laughs> so if you'd asked me then, yeah, Nesquik chocolate milkshake would be my favourite. Now, not so much. Doesn't taste the same with almond milk. <laughs> I was, uh, for those of you uh, listening out there in podcast land, I was, I was trying hard not to laugh out loud when, I went, when Sue started answering that question. But I was so intrigued as, as to what the answer was. Sue. So Ghana Training, thank you so much for being a guest on Happy Oxygen. And I'm looking forward to the musical special that we're going to be recording in a couple of months' time. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Simon. Good to see you.